0: Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and we have a lot of exciting content to cover on the show today. I want to first officially welcome back Big Ten Defensive Back of the Year, Riley Moss, back to the Iowa Hawkeyes. That is right. He has actually decided to return to the Iowa Hawkeyes. We were talking about this all week. We talked about this the last couple of weeks. We talked about it with Jonathan Schaefer. We did not think Riley Moss was coming back. If he was healthy, why not go get your money? But he came back to the Iowa Hawkeyes, and that bolsters a secondary that was always – always going to be relatively strong under Phil Parker. We're going to be talking about that first and foremost, and then we're going to hop into the Iowa-Wisconsin game that takes place tonight. Two National Player of the Year candidates take on each other. What to expect, Johnny Davis versus Keegan Murray. Before we get to all that, though, I want to thank you for making the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at, and also on YouTube by searching Locked on Hawkeyes. And today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head over to netsuite.com slash locked on NTAA for a special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. And also, for those of you watching on YouTube or those of you listening on rather podcast platform, you get the locked on Hawkeyes. If the audio sounds a little bit different, it's because I am recording this from a hotel room on my baby moon with my wife. So you should all be very thankful that she is being so kind and considerate to let me do this and give you some content on this beautiful Thursday morning. So let's get into it though. Riley Moss did decide to return to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, Prior to the uh, Citrus Bowl, Riley Moss basically said, I'm leaning towards the NFL. He said his knee was 100% healthy and he was leaning towards the NFL, but he would take in all the advice and make a decision based off of that. Now, when you look at the mock drafts, Riley Moss has been projected anywhere from a second rounder to a fourth rounder. Um, Knowing that the second rounder was a little bit on the the light side in terms of projections, my guess is a late day two, early day three pick, um, kind of based off of his testing. Now, to be fair, I think he would have tested outstanding. Uh, The the fastest guy on the team would have blown away the 40-yard dash, would have blown away some of the agility drills. I don't know how much of the Kentucky game played into this, uh, but basically he came back and said there's more things for him to accomplish and there's more things for the Iowa Hawkeyes to accomplish. I think when you look at the fact that they had a 10-win season, but it ended the way they did. They ended with a bad loss in the Big Ten Championship game. They ended with a rough last-minute loss versus Kentucky. That's not how Riley Moss wanted his last season to go out. And again, I have kind of talked about this early on in the season. Riley Moss was always expecting to be there for five years. When you come on as a gray shirt, it is very rare that you start as a true freshman or even get to the point where you are in the top three round conversation four years after joining as a gray shirt. Nevertheless, Riley Moss kind of defeating all odds to get to that point. But deciding to return it always seemed like it might have been in the plan for him until he had, uh, you know, the last two years, which have really been phenomenal seasons for Riley. Um, for an Iowa secondary, this the good news just keeps rolling in, right? I mean, Jack Kerner leaves, which is unfortunate. And we're going to miss Jack Kerner at that safety spot. But you have to feel pretty good about the depth that Iowa has and having a veteran like Riley Moss return. If Dane Belton returns, you could argue Iowa has a veteran presence at all three spots in the secondary, right? You got that safety spot with Kayvon Merriweather, who has been playing quietly really well. You have Dane Belton, who was a first-team All-Big Ten uh, defensive back, playing that cash position, which is kind of that hybrid defensive back safety nickel linebacker spot. And you have Riley Moss at that cornerback position. This just helps Iowa continue to develop some of the guys behind those folks, like a Brandon Dees-Fernandez, like an A.J. Lawson like a Reggie Bracey, right? There's there's guys behind all these corners who have an opportunity to be big-time players for the Iowa Hawkeyes, but it just gives them another season to learn under Riley Moss, to learn under a Dane Belton, to learn under a Kayvon Merriweather. The expectation at this point is that that second cornerback spot is going to be a battle between Jamari Harris and Terry Roberts. I'm excited to see that at that cash position. Uh, some interesting things could happen. We could see Dane Belton slide backwards and go into that jack kerner safety spot we could see dane belton stick there we also don't even know if Dane belton is returning so that's also worth bringing up as well um, i know some folks uh missed mistook how his quotes were uh, perceived i guess uh he gave a quote saying he's not focused on the nfl right now he's focused on the ball game i think some people kind of mistook that as he's coming back but there has been no official decision from dane belton i think it would be in his best interest to probably come back at least from a draft perspective but you never know um, but dane belton being either at that cash position could see him slide back to the safety spot and then you have to factor in cooper DeGene x uh again quinn schulte could be at uh, quinn schulte is probably the favorite to win that safety spot if dane belton doesn't slide back there uh sebastian castro has also gotten some playing time so um, we have a lot of big reinforcements coming in we have four defensive backs coming in in this next class we also have a very strong secondary um, already. And now that we have Riley Moss returning, this could be one of the best defenses Iowa has ever had, especially only losing Zach Van Valkenburg, uh, Matt Hankins, and Jack Kerner at this point. Iowa has the depth at those positions to step up. So um, really exciting news for Iowa. Um, what was really interesting about that is that when Riley Moss posted that, Tyler Linderbaum gave those two little eyes, the ones that basically, whoa, is this happening? Or look out. Something else could be happening as well. If Tyler Linderbaum decides to come back, he could literally go down as one of the top five players in the history of Iowa football. It would be that amazing to see him come back. I don't know why he would, right? Uh, When you have that kind of money on the table and you are a top 15 pick, you have to go. I I just don't see how you don't, unless you truly feel very comfortable that if something were to happen, If you were to be injured as a Hawkeye and hurt your draft status or be injured as a Hawkeye and not be able to make it to the NFL, and you were truly deep down okay with that, other than that, I don't know how you choose to come back to school after you've already graduated. TJ Hawkinson was dealing with a very similar thing a couple of years ago, but at the end of the day, becoming a top 10 pick, there really was no growth for the tight end position. He was not gaining anything in the draft by going a year later. So he, he decided to go, even though he wanted to stay at Iowa, even though he loved the Iowa Hawkeyes. Tyler Linderbaum is in the same position. Not a lot of centers go top 15. He has the opportunity to do that now. The draft stock is not going to grow much more than that. The only other factor I could say is maybe NIL, from a money perspective, is is helping him. But I don't think this is about money either, which just makes this whole decision very interesting. Um Either way, though, if Tyler Linderbaum does declare for the NFL draft, I wish him the best of luck. That is amazing and well-deserved, and he is going to be a phenomenal player at the next level. If Tyler Linderbaum comes back, this offensive line has the potential to be a very strong offensive line next year. Now, I know it, it was tough watching this offensive line this past season, especially as they struggled in quite a few games, especially at the tackle position. But growth does happen from year one to year two or year two to year three. Connor Colby, a true freshman, was on the line. Think about the growth that a James Daniels had or a Tristan were from year one to year two. Mason Richmond, only been in the program two years, has an opportunity to take that step as well. We're looking at Hunter Norzad, the Cornell transfer um, to come in. Maybe he could solidify that right tackle spot. Or maybe we see David Davikoff take that spot I mean there's a lot of a lot of opportunity for this offensive line to grow pretty significantly pretty quickly and if Tyler Linderbaum comes back that just makes that growth a lot easier right because anytime you have a Tyler Linderbaum leave you're going to automatically decrease or have a decline in play at that position but you hope that around him you can build up the line but with Tyler Linderbaum back that is going to be huge for the Iowa Hawkeyes so as that news comes out if he decides to come back if he decides to go we will make sure to break all of that down right here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast as we do every single weekday Uh, coming up we're going to be talking about the Iowa Wisconsin game it's a big matchup Johnny Davis versus Keegan Murray what to expect in this matchup before we get to that though this is it the putt to win the tournament if you sink it the championship is yours but on your backswing your hat falls over your eyes is this how you're running your business poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software to see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. So for the new year, netsuite is a new financing program for those ready to upgrade upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked that's l-o-c-k-e-d head over to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses that's netsuite.com locked again thank you all for making the lockdown hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day You can find the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked on Hawkeyes. Let's get into it, though. Iowa has a big matchup tonight versus Wisconsin. It is a matchup that Ken Palm predicts Iowa to lose. um, Only by two points, but Iowa is projected to lose against Wisconsin. As we talked about, uh, I think, two or three days ago, Iowa really needs to get off to a strong start in these first six conference games. It started by beating Maryland at home, a game where That would have been absolutely horrendous for their net ranking at this time. Now they need to go on the road and get a quad one win against Wisconsin. If they can take down this first six games of conference play and start off 6-0, that would be huge for Iowa's chances of going to the NCAA tournament and also just getting a better seed in the Big Ten tournament, which, as we know, is very important as well. Those buys and double buys can be a big factor in how far you make it. Again, Iowa projected to lose to Wisconsin. Coming into this season, I did not expect Wisconsin to be an overly powerful team. Kind of felt like a very average middling Wisconsin team. But with the emergence of Johnny Davis, this game is significantly different. There is excitement around Wisconsin basketball in the same way there is excitement around Iowa basketball with Keegan Murray. And it's kind of ironic that at the exact same time, two very similar schools, schools with a lot of things in common from a football perspective, um, with Some of that history from a basketball perspective uh, are coming together at the same time with two very similar approaches and the fact that last year, Wisconsin was led by a lot of big men. Iowa had Luka Garza. Now you have a guard in Johnny Davis and a wing in Keegan Murray, and they are leading the charge for both of these teams. So it is going to be a matchup of two National Player of the Year candidates. At this point, Johnny Davis is ranked fifth, according to Kempom, and National Player of the Year. Uh, Keegan Murray... I believe is ranked second, fourth, actually. So literally neck and neck at this point for Keegan Murray and for Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis coming off an amazing game against Purdue. And this has really put Wisconsin and Johnny Davis on the map at this point. 37 points, 14 rebounds, three assists, two blocks and two steals, really doing it all. But so did Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray had a very similar game as well. But Wisconsin beating Purdue on the road which is never easy. All of us Iowa fans know that. We get our butts kicked over against Purdue at Purdue. Um, Wisconsin's had some good wins. They beat number three Houston. They beat number five Purdue on the road. And I'm talking about Ken Palm rankings with with these rankings here. They did lose to Providence, but they did not have Johnny Davis in that game. And they lost to Ohio State. Johnny Davis not putting together the best performance in that game, but across the board, Wisconsin not putting together a great performance. And when you look at those losses, you have to factor in, Hopefully you can slow down Johnny Davis, but you're not going to completely eliminate Johnny Davis's effectiveness. right? He is going to be a good player regardless of who you throw at him. And my imagination is we're not, hopefully, when we go to man, we are not putting Jordan Bohannon on Johnny Davis. Hopefully we're putting a Joe Toussaint or even throwing a Patrick McCaffrey or a Keegan Murray at him. Those are the kind of guys who can use their length and maybe disrupt what he is doing at any given time. That could be an option there, though. We could see Iowa throw their national player of the year candidate against Wisconsin national player of the year candidate. And you look at Wisconsin from a size perspective. Um, Chucky Hepburn is a 6'2 freshman point guard, Brad Davison, six foot four, Johnny Davis, 6 five, Tyler Wall, six nine, and Stephen Crowell, seven foot. So we're already gonna have a size disadvantage down low, but with Iowa having three guys over six eight, um, you're probably gonna have, if you're going into man, you have Philip Babcia, um Taking on Stephen Kraut, seven foot. Filip despite being undersized, has shown a lot of heart and effort in those situations. Tyler Wall, six foot nine, could be handled by either Chris Murray or Patrick McCaffrey. I think Johnny Davis, who is playing more of that small forward spot, will be taken on by Keegan Murray. Brad Davison um, will be handled by Jordan Bohannon. Let's put the two senior grandpas. On each other and see what they can do. Um, both both guys good three point shooters. Brad Davis a bit more dirty. Uh, Jordan Mohannan just a bit more unliked uh, from a lot of fans just because of uh, what people perceive as his antics. But um, should be a lot of fun watching those two guys battle each other. I know they go back a long ways. They are very they're friends. They're close friends with each other. Uh, but on the court, Brad Davison is about the most dirty player in all of college basketball. So will be interesting to watch that. And then Chucky, obviously a man, will be guarded by Joe Dusant or an Aaron Newless in Zone it'll make this really interesting as well Iowa when they're in Zone has struggled to get rebounds but Wisconsin is not the best rebounding team in fact they kind of struggle a bit with rebounding as well especially given how much height they actually have I thought that was really interesting kind of looking at some of the statistics and seeing some of their games they're not a very good rebounding team 192nd and offensive rebounding 112th and defensive rebounding and as Fran McCaffrey talked about in his last press conference you know, the move to man is really to help out the rebounding because you now know who you need to guard and who you need to box out and who you need to defend in order to get the rebound versus in zone. It's kind of find a guy box out. Also guys can be in different spots where maybe your zone isn't actually at. So the ball can bounce a couple different ways. And that really leads to a lot of second and third chance opportunity points for the opposing team. Now, the good news is When you look at Wisconsin, they haven't really had anyone step up outside of Johnny Davis and Brad Davison. Brad Davison quietly putting together a nice season. When you look at some of their big wins, it was basically Johnny Davis doing it all, right? 30, 35 points. Brad Davison coming in with 10 to 15 points. And then the other guys getting between 1 and 4 points. So not a lot of production out of literally anyone else besides Johnny and Brad. So that'll be really interesting to watch in this game. If I'm Iowa, make those guys beat you. Make the other guys beat you everyone but brad and johnny beat you and i think it will be interesting one of the i was looking at actually at an action network article because i do like action network um, and some of their their betting advice as well in addition to our fantastic betting advice at locked on bets but i was looking at action network and they were kind of br- giving a breakdown and they said no one iowa doesn't have the weapons to throw at johnny davis from a guard guarding perspective i would disagree in fact i would say iowa has more weapons to throw Johnny Davis, because we do have the height and length with Patrick McCaffrey, Keegan Murray, and Chris Murray. They have the ability to defend a one through five. They also have that size and length, which is going to disrupt Johnny Davis a little bit. On the flip side of that, how do you throw something at Keegan Murray? People have been trying to, and they have been unsuccessful. Now, granted, people have been unsuccessful of doing that against Johnny Davis, but how many teams have three very athletic six foot eight guys who can guard one through five? Not a lot of teams, and that's where Iowa has an advantage coming into this. So that is going to be a really interesting matchup um, in this game. Coming up, we're going to continue our discussion about Iowa versus Wisconsin basketball and give a little bit of a prediction. Before we get to that, though, this is Andrew Wade, host of Locked on Hawkeyes, and I have an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code SCORE and you'll actually get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE and get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cashback, and there's no catch at all. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app today and use the promo code SCORE, and you'll get $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE at GetUpside. And BetOnline would like to wish you a Happy New Year a Happy New Year betting year, and a Happy New Year betting year of success all around. As we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond, BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you need to do is use the promo code locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. So as we we're talking about, we're going to get in this Iowa-Wisconsin game here in a few moments. Go to BetOnline.ag place some money on there and get a 50% welcome bonus and put all that on Iowa, right? Let's get, the, let's get that W for Iowa from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. So Iowa versus Wisconsin. When I look at this game, now it is going to be a grinded out game, right? It's against Wisconsin is always tough, regardless of how Wisconsin is playing at that given time. It's always going to be a tough game, but it's really a contrast in styles here. Wisconsin is a very slow-tempo type of team. They like to hold on, keep possession of the ball. They move very slow compared to Iowa, which is a very up-tempo offense. On the flip side, Iowa defensively, the metrics don't look good right they're they're in the bot or they're outside of the top 100 in terms of defensive efficiency ranking according to chem palm but they are holding teams to very long possessions they require teams to be very patient with the shot clock and take shots late in the shot clock to get opportunities now that does go into wisconsin's favor but the other piece of this is the fact that wisconsin has not been a very effective three-point shooting team when you look at what they're currently doing today It is not overly impressive from three. Now, Johnny Davis has hit a few threes, done a pretty good job shooting 35% on the year. He's only hit 16 threes, though, at this point. Brad Davison has hit 35% of his threes. But outside of that, there's no one to be overly scared about. Lauren Bowman, who is a true freshman at this point, uh, when he's gotten time, he has hit a few threes, but... on average, it's half a basically half a three a game. So one three every two games, hitting 50% of his shots. But other than that, people are shooting below 30% for Wisconsin. So, yes, Iowa has struggled with giving teams wide open looks at three, even teams that aren't good at shooting the three. But this team coming into this game has not been very effective. Johnny Davis has been their main weapon. I think Iowa has the weapons to throw at Johnny Davis. And Brad Davison doesn't really concern me. I know he could maybe score 10 to 12 points, but Brad Davis, I think Jordan Bohannon or a combo of Jordan and um, whoever we have at point guard and at that spot, where whether it's Joe or Aaron or even Tony, they will be able to effectively handle Brad Davis in this spot. Rebounding doesn't concern me. Wisconsin, one of the not a very good rebounding team, I would argue, potentially worse than Iowa um, at the rebounding with the rebounding numbers against Ohio State. They got just absolutely annihilated. to on the boards, and they lost to Ohio State by nearly 20 points. Um, Even against Purdue, they got out-rebounded. And they allowed Purdue to shoot 40% from three. So in Iowa, I'm looking at this thinking, we have a pretty good chance here to come into the Kohl Center and get this W. The one advantage Wisconsin has at this point is they are a very strong, fundamental free-throw shooting team. Right now, they are 42nd in the nation in free-throw shooting percentage. And they are 32nd in the nation in terms of point distribution regarding free throws. So 21% of their, their points come off of free throws. They do a great job of drawing fouls, 29th in the nation. On the flip side, where Iowa does a pretty good job of forcing teams into foul trouble, um, right now Wisconsin's 180th in giving fouls. So um, not exactly a, a matchup Iowa is going to like there, and especially when you have a Brad Davis and you're playing in an away arena. Um, watch out for, for some of that. But again, when I look at this game, um, Iowa, the tempo, Iowa's going to try to get Wisconsin moving quickly and get them playing their game. I think defensively, Iowa, if they're smart, is going to come out and man and throw a bunch of different options and looks at Johnny Davis. Um, if they are unable to guard Johnny Davis that's or Brad Davis, and that's when they're going to have to move to that zone. Um, but that's really when Iowa gets into some troubles with rebounding. Um, mostly rebounding and giving the teams second chance opportunities. So that'll be really interesting to me to see. I would love to see Iowa come out and a bit more man early on and uh, attacking Johnny Davis with a Keegan Murray or a Chris Murray or a Patrick McCaffrey. Um, that will be an interesting matchup for me. Offensively, I think Iowa has the ability to attack the basket against these guys. Um, Wisconsin is not exactly the, the best team in defending the paint um, right now. They are, well, I guess technically, so they're 66th in the nation in terms of uh, two-point percentage, but they're 198th in three-point percentage. So even if we can get into the paint um, and kick it out, we can allow some of our open three-point shooters to hit some big-time shots. This is a game where you're going to need Jordan Bohannon to hit three or four threes. You're going to need Keegan Murray to keep it going. Chris Murray is going to need to get more involved in the game, um, unlike how he has been in the past, and you need one or two threes from Tony Perkins. It would be great to see Peyton Sanford as well. As always, anytime we can hit a bunch of threes, Iowa's going to have a big chance of winning. But that is really going to be the key to success against Wisconsin. They are struggled against defending the perimeter and defending the three shots. So look to Iowa to hit that. Look for Keegan Murray to attack Johnny Davis. Wear him down as well. That'll be really interesting to me. In this game, Iowa currently is an underdog of two points. The total is 147. I would actually probably take... The under on the total, given the fact that Wisconsin likes to keep these games ugly. They like to keep these games low-scoring. And I would probably take Iowa to cover that two points. I do think Iowa comes away with the victory at the Kohl Center against Wisconsin in this game. That does do it for our show today. I appreciate you all tuning in to today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. We are going to be back tomorrow. So I am on vacation, but I do have an episode dropping for you tomorrow. We are joined by former Iowa football player Jake Fisher. He's going to be coming on to talk all about spring practice, what they do during spring practice, what the development is like. And he has a really interesting piece of advice for all of you Iowa Hawkeye fans out there. It's a conversation you do not want to miss. Stay tuned for that dropping tomorrow as well. And if you want more betting advice outside of this Iowa versus Wisconsin game, I highly recommend you check out the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Dropping three to four games you should be betting on every single day at the Locked On Bets podcast. Again, thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. I appreciate your love and your support. Have a fantastic Thursday. And as always, Hawkeye Nation, let's go Hawks.